Hello and welcome to Geeky Girl Gab. I'm Candace, and with me today is Bree. Hello. And we are continuing our Star Wars rewatch. Bum bum bum. That wasn't Star Wars. I don't know why I just did that, but it was dramatic. It was very dramatic, which was what this movie was supposed to be, but it just came off as silly. We're talking about Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think this is the worst one. If it had been... Obi-Wan's quest the whole entire movie, it might have been Even Obi-Wan's quest is just (laughs) full of plot and exposition. That's true. And it still doesn't make sense until you actually watch the Clone Wars TV series. Which I haven't. Exactly. Like, like, re-watching it after, like, I just binge-watched all of Clone Wars, I'm like, yes, no, I know about Master Sifo Dolphus and what he was doing and how the clones became clones and all this kind of stuff. Yes, I know this stuff. But I'm like, I didn't know it the first time I watched it. Bree, I believe you and I saw this in movie theaters when we were, like, in middle school or high school. Yeah, definitely. I remember this. We It was us and a bunch of our, like, teen friends, girl Girls Night Out to Star Wars, of course, at that movie co that was near us. When and it wasn't movie co. It was always movie co. <laughs> R.I.P. movie co. They do not yeah. exist anymore. It's an AMC. Um, so I just remember we were, I think we went like Saturday. And that sand line that Anakin says to Padme when they're on Naboo. And we just all burst out into laughter. Yeah, we did. And I was like, it was like one of the first times in my early life that I remember like laughing at something in a movie that wasn't you weren't supposed to laugh about, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of faults with the dialogue and um, character progression, um, character development. There's a lot of just flatline characters throughout this. And I think there, because of how the direction was, or maybe it was, you know, the actors themselves or the writing of it that just didn't lend itself to it. But, you know, one thing when I, when I started to rewatch this, because it had, I think the only time I saw it was that night with you guys. Really? You have not rewatched it since it came out? I don't think so. I've I've watched um, Phantom Menace way more times over than Attack of the Clones. So rewatch when you told me, "Oh, great, it's it's time to rewatch Attack of the Clones." I'm like, I barely remembered it. Okay, and was it as bad as you remembered? Somehow worse. <laughs> Yeah, um, like, it's been a couple of years for me, too. Like, I'll watch the OG trilogy, like, all the freaking time. Yeah. But, and, and Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is the m- movie I've seen the most of the prequels. Um, But, yeah, there were points w- in the dialogue, especially, where I was like, this was planned? <laughs> so, kind of like, just like, um, we're not even going to that Anakin Pape part yet. Just the part that really kind of sums up, like, my issue why the script doesn't work is on Geonosis during the the almighty battle at the end with C-3PO. His head is put on a battle droid. 
And he, oh God, I don't even know how to explain this. And then his head gets taken off. And there's a point where he, his head is placed next to his body. And he says, I'm quite beside myself. And then there's another point where R2-D2 is pulling his head towards his body. And he says, this is such a drag. Yeah. You feel like you, there should be like a little drum. A little like, oh, that was so funny. It's something a child would think is a joke, you know? Which I know this is for children, but at the same time, like, toddler-level jokes. Well, they really, for some reason, the 90s Star Wars uh, trilogy really feels like placating to a crowd that they felt like they needed to reintroduce Star Wars to or to appeal to kids more, I feel like, which is weird because like, you know, I, you know, most parents say like, oh, kids, let's watch my favorite sci-fi trilogy, Star Wars, you know, like most of us were familiar with it, but it felt like it was play like Phantom Menace too. It felt like it was playing at a different level than how the original trilogy was. If that makes sense, I'm I'm not sure. Well, if I the do. thing about the original trilogy, yeah, okay, it can be hokey and and cheesy at times, but yeah. and it was meant for kids and it was meant for adults, but it didn't like talk down to children. You know, like how there's some kids movies and TV shows that can be watched by both. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, a lot of, like, emotional whiplash in Attack of the Clones 2. Like, it wants to be too many things. And it, so it's not anything. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. Okay. So, um, are you ready to talk about the greatest romance of cinematic history? Yes, but I want to state something with Anakin from the beginning of the movie. That okay. I noticed. Go for and it. And I think this lends into the romance aspect. Okay. He starts off at one note the whole time, like, just angry. Yeah. His character development, there is no character development with Anakin. He gets more angry. He starts from, you know, the little innocent boy in Phantom Menace. And then it's like, oh, he must already be a Sith with that brooding personality of his like it just feels like there is no nowhere else for him to go yeah the part that really gets me is at the beginning of the movie he's just seen Padme again and she's packing to go to Naboo to go into hiding after an attempt on her life and he just starts ranting to her about Obi-Wan and the Jedi Order and I'm like you've just seen this girl like 10 minutes ago for the first time in 10 years. And apparently there's a part that's cut where Rose Byrne, Rose Byrne is in this movie, one of her early roles as a handmaiden, and she laughs at him. <laughs> Just, I'm like, why did you cut that out? Because <laughs> I was that laughing. Was I'm like, I was, I felt so uncomfortable. Like if somebody just like, I hadn't seen in 10 years and just starts ranting and raving about like their boss. And tells me how great they are and why haven't they gotten the promotion yet? It's like, dude, we have other things to discuss. Especially after, like, two assassination attempts. 
Yeah. Well, remember when she's like, well, Anakin, this is like my home we're going to. And he's like, but it's my mission. Where, where, where? Like trying to back talk to her. And I'm like, oh. who are you talking to? Also, like, yeah, that shows like he has like little respect for her and her like authority. Yeah. hundred so percent. Like, I was like, ew, I would have been so like, who are you like please go away yeah so like even when we were like 14 and not as knowledgeable in relationships we knew this is we're like what how is this a thing (laughs) okay so since I've, i've started writing scripts of my own and reading more scripts and really um you know kind of taking you know candace like you're an eye passion like making it like into that type of career you know mm-hmm if they had started him off with a little more of that innocence, you know, less angry, if he, I feel like if they built his anger up to that point of, you know, his mom dying, then we'd really see him grow. Like, I think he needed to have those bursts of moments, those bursts of like, you know, I know I'm good. Why don't you want me to do this? But I felt like Especially in that scene with her, it's like, don't yeah. act so cocky. But I, I get that's what they were trying to do with Anakin. But there's a way he could have been cocky, but still charming. And why she would fall for him. Because right now I'm like, Padme is too good for you. She is too smart for your shit. Wh- what is going on? It felt too forced. And then he felt angry like he, he always has owned her if that makes sense like of course I'm gonna win this girl over it just feels too forced and it feels like creepy and uncomfortable well Brie can you do a reading from the novelization about how Anakin feels about Padme yeah do you want to set this up a little more yes okay so uh, as you guys might remember from back in the day, at least like they were really popular back in the 90s, where the movie novelizations, like literally any movie that came out, there's a novelization to it. And usually these books are written by the script. These people, who, the authors, have never seen like the full movie because it just has to be done once the movie's out, published, you know, in bookstores, etc. So this one is about Attack of the Clones, and it gets a little insight into what maybe Anakin was thinking. He had only been 10 years old at the time, but from the moment he had first laid eyes on Padme, young Anakin had known that she was the woman he would marry. Never mind that Padme was several years older than he was. Never mind that he was just a boy when he had known her, when she had known him. Never mind that Jedi were not allowed to marry. Okay, yeah, that's some really creepiness right there it's so weird what 10 year old boy thinks like that yeah and like some i've been reading like a lot of critiques and stuff like that (laughs) and (laughs) there's a lot of them out there and what i've seen a bunch of people say is like phantom menace they have a very like maternal like relationship like she's like taking care of him putting a blanket on him you know and it's just i don't know he's got some mother issues i think oedipus yep Okay, so the question is, why did Padme fall for this crazy, crazy dude? And in the official novelization, there's a lot of things that like are in third-person point of view. And something is, he's young, handsome, she finds him attractive. Ugh, not good enough, Padme. 
but she also likes his bad boyness. He's dangerous, powerful, headstrong. So she 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 likes the danger to it. Padme is has this a like kink. a Wattpad novel? No, this is in the novelization, <laughs> the official novelization that is canon. Brie, she senses his deep connection to the Force, and she respects that he's devoted his life to helping others, like she has. And her again with the bad boy thing, her relationship with him represents a form of rebellion she's never encountered. Like she likes that forbidden love part. Apparently they don't have Romeo and Juliet in the, that galaxy, so she doesn't know how it usually ends. Mm-hmm. And he makes her laugh. So, I mean, I guess also like, okay, so she's in the Senate. So I just finished The Queen's Shadow, which is a book that takes place right after Padme's done being queen. And she's about 16 at the time. And the, the new queen, because they have elect- elections, asks her to be senator. So she goes directly from serving the whole planet again in the Senate. And she's mostly with, you know, a bunch of other senators, her handmaiding. She's barely ever alone. So she doesn't really get that much time to meet people like her own age or date, really, even though there is one guy in the novel who is also in Clone Wars. But, like, that's one guy. So I guess, like, she didn't have many options. I mean, she... She could have found someone. Okay, so Brie, can you do another reading from the Attack of Clones novelization for us? Oh, I sure can do. She could see him now, not as a Jedi Padawan and her protector, but just as a young man. This sounds like a Wattpad novel. A handsome young man, and one whose actions repeatedly professed his love for her. A dangerous young man, to be sure. A Jedi who was thinking about things he should not. A man who has... <laughs> you can't even get through it. <laughs> no. Why? Uh, <clears throat> a man who is inevitably following the call of his heart above that of pragmatism and propriety. And all for her. Padme couldn't deny the attractiveness of that. I almost wanted to barf. This is why Twilight was a bestseller. People like You know that what? Stuff. I mean, that's what it reminds me of. No, so, like, yeah, that's what the whole like the Wattpadness of it all. Like, I mean, like liking the danger of it. Like, this guy can kill you. Like, because, I like, laugh about liking Kylo Ren, but goodness gracious, <laughs> this is messed up. Like the the biggest issue is after he murders a bunch of Tuscan Raiders, she's still ready to like go and marry him after that. Including well, children. That's the thing. Like, I expected a bigger reaction um, at that moment. And she's just like, oh, Annie. I'm like, what? Oh, Annie. Like, Apparently, she, she likes that he's willing to do that for, like, the people he loves. And, like, oh, he might, like, go out and kill a bunch of people for me, too. It's, it's bad. It's bad. I mean, I guess that's one school of thought, but. But, yeah, like. Can you imagine this movie being made after, like, the Me Too movement? No, the thing is, he's so disrespectful to her the entire time. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there is no part of that movie. Like, I don't remember, honestly, how I felt about the relationship back then. Like, otherwise. We were laughing. We were laughing. Uh, But, like, with this, I'm like, he wasn't charming. Like, there's no amount of, like... The writing doesn't lend a hand to it, but like I said, he started at one level. 
that entire time. There was no lead up, lead up to his, him killing everyone in the village. And so, like, when he was like, I killed the women and children, I'm like, ah, not surprising because you have been a little cuckoo this entire time. Well, honestly, well, like, we're going back, like, well, this isn't a healthy relationship. No. And it shouldn't be because, I mean, this is part of the downfall. And he he loves the ideal of her. He doesn't love her, actually, even. He, but for he, her to be so strong, like, I just felt like if they m- married some, like more charm to him or if they married like a little bit of his like tossle back and forth between hate mm-hmm. and like not you know like I just feel like no wonder she fell in love with him no wonder she wants to believe oh this is a one-time deal of killing children and women you know like I never got that sense of that so like that I think to me I was just like I don't buy this relationship, even because, you know, women and guys can get into toxic relationships. They can get into healthy relationships with abusive people. And normally, you know, I don't know about most cases, but like a lot of those cases is the guy like lures them in with their personality or with their charm, with like deceit this that way you know yeah and, they, they show to be one thing at the beginning and then yeah else turn into another later on and but he i feel like we that. can understand anakin's struggle a little better if they showed some like character development they didn't yeah oh god and that whole scene uh that one where they like there's like a whole like who done it thing of like the clones and what's going on with them and then you just have them going we're going to stand on a balcony and talk about our forbidden love and i'm like oh yeah and he like kind of like gaslights her or even like kind of like puts pressure on her and he's like i've been dying since you kissed me and it's like that's not how you flirt and again <laughs> no no he, he oh it's so weird it is it's it's very weird and I could see, like, I guess, you know, I was I was doing some reading and they're like, oh, it's supposed to be, like, slightly Shakespeare with what you're mentioning with, like, the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. But, I mean, that, that writing was no Shakespeare. <laughs> no. no. And I think the issue is, like, we got in the original trilogy, Han and Leia, which, I don't know. Yeah, there's some questionable stuff now that you rewatch it, like, as an adult. But, like. Yeah. They had that crazy chemistry, which we found out was because they were sleeping together. What? I don't know. Just compared to the Han and Leia romance, this is like. It, yeah, no. it, it was weird. It's like they forced that love story to happen because they knew they had to get to you, well, they Luke had and Layla. Pe- yeah. Uh, Layla? Leia. There we go. Do not, <laughs> do not mess with the princess name. You know what? I've been watching Futurama. <laughs> uh, Leela. Oh, something that I did not know was several members of the boy band NSYNC filmed cameos as Jedi during that battle sequence, but they were cut from the movie during the editing phase because of negative feedback. Wait, what? NSYNC members filmed cameos as Jedi for the, you know where all the Jedi come and fight the... <laughs> yeah. Yes. And... So many fans were upset about that. Isn't that the most early 2000 thing you've heard of? Oh, God, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was interesting. At least um, they cut that part. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of stuff, like, George listened to, like, he lessened Jar Jar's um, appearances. Even though freaking Jar Jar gives falls for Palpatine's, oh, let's give emergency control to him. Again, I think he's the ultimate bad guy. Yes. <laughs> Dark Jar Jar. Did you hear Qui-Gon Jen's voice at all, Bree? Did you notice that? At what part? Oh, when um, Anakin is slaughtering the Tusken Raiders, you can hear Qui-Gon voice saying, Anakin, no! Oh, that's who that was. Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon's forced ghost tried to stop Anakin's rage, but he failed, obviously. Uh, oh. I thought, that, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. And I like that when we know that forced ghosts are a thing, you know, that... Qui-Gon is, like, still trying to look out for this guy. So, according to Star Wars canon, the Tusken Raiders who kidnapped Shimmy Skywalker were paid to do so by Count Dooku. We didn't even talk for 20-something 20 minutes in on this thing, and we haven't even talked about, like, Count Dooku. And that just kind of tells you, like, he's supposed to be this main bad guy, right. and he's barely in it. He's just, like, briefly talked about, like, he, in the scrawl. And then they're like, oh, he can't be a bad guy. He was a Jedi. It's not in his nature. And it's like, no, yeah, he's a and that's Sith why I was like, now. it's not in his nature. Like, people have gone to the dark side in the past. So I'm like, it's clearly can be in people's nature. Well, I don't think it, they had done it that often, you know, now. Yeah. It just didn't point. seem like, I feel like if they should have, like, spoke on that a little more then. There was a whole thing about why Dooku left the Jedi Order. He has his own novelization. I haven't gotten through to it yet. <laughs> I'm going to during all this. I'm, I'm reading all the canon stuff now, so I understand this universe. Christopher Lee was awesome in what little role he had. Yeah. How did you like the Yoda battle with him and Dooku? Well, do you know that Christopher Lee was an experienced fencer? You know what? It did look like it. He had some good form. Mm-hmm. So that he did the single-handed lightsaber form was heavily inspired by fencing. So, I mean, obviously he had a stunt double too, but I remember cheering in a theater when it happened. Yoda brings out his lightsaber and does all his jumpy jumps. Oh, yeah. That was like a cool, like, yeah, Yoda. But this is a movie where all of Yoda's scenes are all CGI'd. Yeah. And you can tell. Oh, the CGI is horrific. If, um, if you've been familiar with our podcast, you'll know I hate CGI to the very soul of my being. Well, the thing is, like, oh, Hayden Christensen said his favorite scene to film was the bar scene at the beginning where they're looking for the bounty hunter because it was a practical set, mostly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing I really like about the the original movies, I almost said prequels, mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, no, 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 just because they have in the past, they're the originals. <laughs> um, you know, they barely had any money when they were making them yeah. at first, and... It CGI is like, wasn't a thing. Yeah, and it's like when you use practicals, it just makes it so much better. Like the whole time I was watching Attack, I was just like, oh, God, CGI. And I just didn't feel like I was there. Yeah, especially like the whole Geonosis scene where, one, they go through the factory like it's a video game. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the whole, yeah, the whole fight with the Jedi and stuff like that, you don't feel like they're in any peril because, like, all their, um, all the droids are fake. And you don't feel like they're in the scene with them. Yeah. Also, all the clone troopers, they didn't make a single piece of armor. Those are all CGI, too. And the whole thing, like, we talked about this before, and it's something that I'm very, I'm not anti-CGI. I'm anti-using only CGI. Well, I guess that's it. Like, again. That's the whole thing, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Jurassic Park Park. used used CGI, but they also use practical effects. And the whole idea, again, is that you mix them so the human mind doesn't have enough time to be like, that's real, that's fake, that's real, that's fake. It just change, you change it so much. That's why um, Jurassic Park is still, like, awesome looking. It's still good. Now, we can talk about this later. I'm sure the newer one, it's just full CGI and it sucks. But, um, yeah, OG Jurassic Park gets it correct. And I wish they had done this for some of the fight sequences in Attack of the Clones. Well, I feel like these movies, just like um, Avatar, aren't, like, the directors are more interested in using technology Mm -hmm. than they are about telling, like, putting out a good movie. They're really excited about these new toys they have, you know, and they just want to use them. That's so true. Oh, yeah. Did you hear Avatar 2 got pushed back more? (laughs) That movie's never coming out. Who was supposed to direct Avatar 2? It's still James Cameron. Oh, that dialogue, too. why, Why can't people just get good storytellers? Like, get good dialogue, people. Let me write for you. Just start throwing your your resumes at them. I know. Just <sighs> just throw it at them. Knock it out. They're like, this is better than Attack of the Clones. Did you like how the clone army was introduced? I found it very confusing the first time I watched it. And the title, Attack of the Clones, really makes it sound like the clones are going to attack the people. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Yeah, so like... I don't know. Like, I'm very partial to the clones after watching Clone Wars. And guess what? I'm making Brie watch Clone Wars, the movie. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Liar. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I Here's the thing. I get so confused very easily. I want to be a better Star Wars fan. Like, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I want to be a You're better a casual one. Star Wars fan. Huh? You're a casual Star Wars fan. You're Listen, Wars. I went to the Disney Star Wars days, and I bought my little lightsaber. This so far is the worst movie we've seen. That means Phantom Menace are, is the currently number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, I did have a question for you, because I'm yeah. an idiot, and I want to make sure I'm correct. Go for it. Now, when... Obi-Wan went to I'm trying to remember the name what's that world the one called Camino? where he meets the clones Camino Camino mm-hmm. okay when he went to Camino is it Palpatine who ordered the clones it is well no it is the master Sifu Sifu something, but he was influenced to do it, I believe, by Dooku. Oh, okay. 
Originally, George had it be Sidious, but apparently, according to a typo, he just was like, no, it was a Jedi. Oh. It goes in the Clone Wars, you find out more about it. But well, see, that's the thing. Like, they don't tell you that. They don't say, like, oh, by the way, watch this side thing. And yeah, and then there's this whole mystery, and they make a big deal about this mystery. Like, how is this created? Why is it created? Yeah. They're like, we're just going to use this clone army now. The whole thing is the Jedi, um, the Master, had a vision that in 10 years or so, um, the Republic would need a grand army. So he did it without the Jedi Council knowing or the Republic knowing. But the thing is that we don't know, like, if his visions were, like, sent to him by Sidious Palpatine. So then he could have an army and he could take over the Republic and make it an empire. Yeah. Which is definitely some theories. I am currently reading Dark Plagueis, so I'm learning more about Palpatine. Oh, nice. But it's taking time because I get distracted. <laughs> I also, the most ridiculous, well, not the most, because I feel like we already talked about the most ridiculous is the love story of a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> um, is when they were all, like, watching uh, Obi-Wan, Padme, and Anakin, like, try and fight these monsters, you know? Yeah. Their little like betting, <laughs> like Dooku and the rest just sitting there going like woo. Like I was just like, what are they like? <laughs> like it was the most. I don't know. It was why supposed to be a- like a coliseum, you yeah. know, like the no, gladiator fighting. It's just like I just felt that to be one of the most ridiculous aspects because I'm like, why are you there watching it? Just like. Especially when you're like, okay, well, again, okay, this is my whole thing with the prequels is, yeah, they're convoluted and the plot is insane, but after watching the Clone Wars and actually, like, getting a deeper dive into the extended universe, knowing how many things Palpatine had his hands in, it's like, I mean, like, Palpatine planned for Anakin's mother to be killed. He planned to have Padme and Anakin be together in this, um, like, he suggested Obi-Wan and Anakin. He's the one who put the assassin for Padme, too. Yeah. So so it's all part of his grand plan. So when you go through the thought process through that, that makes sense. Because remember, Dooku doesn't actually want Anakin dead. Because right. he knows Palpatine wants him alive. But yeah, it's stupid. It could have just been done better. I think overall, Attack of the Clones just could have been done better. It just has a lot of ideas in there. And a lot. Like, like, I don't know, between one and three, it's like, I know you had an idea, but flush it out before making it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we could talk about this for like an hour. Probably. Or three. I think overall, Hugh McGregor is still great as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee does his Christopher Lee-ness. Yeah. And he's good, too. Um, um, Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. He's there. Kick ass. I wish he was there more, but sure. I don't know. Even Samuel L. Jackson is very dull and very... I will blame that on the writing. Yeah, it's not his fault. I would never blame Samuel L. Jackson for anything. No. And that's the thing. he can also kick I do think Hayden Christensen can he can act, act. yeah um 
We've seen him in other movies. Exactly. Like, I remember seeing, um, I think, I believe it's Glass. It was an independent film where he plays a writer oh, yeah. who makes up a bunch of... so good. Yeah, he was wonderful in yeah, it. Yeah, and again, Life Out of the House, I'm still obsessed. Oh, God. And, I can't believe you made me watch that movie. Um, I'll forever make you watch that movie, Candace. Um, She's made me watch so much stuff. I know. I just don't know how to, like, make her stop. She's like, oh, let's watch the last four episodes of Roswell, even though you haven't seen a single episode before. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're welcome. I know. But here's the thing. He can act. I just feel like the direction of his character. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. As Han Solo says, it's not my fault. Yeah. It just could have yeah. been a lot better. And I wish, you know, maybe I could time travel and be like, George Lucas, <laughs> nah, brah. Stop. <laughs> well, do you like Attack of the Clones? Are you crazy? Um, Free, tell them where they can tell us. Um, Please tell us, share us your ideas and thoughts about Attack of the Clones and any Star Wars thing, really. Candace will definitely eat that up uh you can find us at geeky girl gab on facebook twitter and instagram and our website that's it for today i'm candace i'm brie may the force be with you stay geeky